Welcome to the City of London Symphonia podcast. I'm Tasha, the Orchestra's Marketing Officer, and recently I caught up with CEO Matthew Swan to talk about our Absolute Bird programmes in May 2019. In these 20 minutes, Matthew talks about all things nature and birdsong, and how composers from all periods have been fascinated by it. Enjoy! Hi Matthew. Hello. How's it going? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice windy Wednesday. Shall I tell you something about wind? Go on. Uh, if you talk to any teacher, because we forget we we we're kind of we exist in this urban environment and yeah. it's built around us. But if you talk to any teacher about wind, they will tell you that the kids go absolutely bonkers when it's really windy outside. Really. Something very elemental about it. It just yeah. makes everyone go a bit stir crazy, and you know all the kids get really sort of hyper and run around. Do you never know that? No, is that because it makes them feel like they're going to run faster? Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm sure someone's done a study, but it's yeah, it's 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 a known phenomenon. Do you think it's just kids that affect? It's definitely not. All right. It's definitely not. Dogs as well. Dogs go absolutely nuts. Yeah, we've got Pip sitting next to you. We, we have. Yeah, we've got our own little bit of nature in the office. Well, talking of nature, indeed, smooth. We are doing an absolute bird series. Yes, we are. Which, shockingly, is all about birdsong and nature, isn't it? It is all about birdsong and nature. Yes, I, it's it's one of those things that has fascinated artists, musicians of every hue since time immemorial. I mean, you know, birds are, are you know, nature's music, really, aren't mm-hmm. they? The, the, the sort of warbles and tweets and screeches and carols and whistles that birds come out with have fascinated everyone from you know, early medieval troubadours, you know, mm-hmm. wandering around the south of France, you know, singing songs about, you know, migrating birds and all this sort of stuff, right up to composers today like Massian, um, who obviously spent hours recording bird songs and then meticulously transcribing them. And just, you know, go outside into, you know, any park in London and stop. And even above the traffic, you can still hear a blackbird or a wren or something like that. And just imagine trying to even think about what notes they are, let alone writing them down. And then people like Hollis Taylor, who uh, just, you know, wonders of modern technology completely bypassed that and just integrated them straight into the music. So, you know, musicians playing along with them. Uh, and then people like Sam Lee who actually go out and find the birds and play along with them and I I admit I was a bit cynical when I first heard about Sam's whole singing with Nightingale so oh yeah because um, I thought well the birds are doing their own thing and if you put a musician next to them then the birds are just carrying on anyway mm-hmm. uh, because birds are being birds and do they really care about a cellist or a singer next to them probably not um, and I actually went out to the woods in in uh, a place near Ashford in Kent. You're not really supposed to say where they are because they're protected ha- habitats for the nightingales. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. there were because the, I think in the there's some figure in the 1960s there were over 90,000 pairs of breeding black nightingales in the UK, and they went right across from the Bristol Channel up to the Wash and anywhere south of that, and even as far up as Shropshire. And nowadays there are less than 5,000 breeding pairs of nightingales wow. and it's really limited to the southeast. It's terrifying. But if you go up close to a nightingale uh, at night, because as Sam says, they only really start singing once the pub's shut about mm. half ten, eleven. <laughs> um, uh, they are really loud. 
really loud. And that, you know, and Sam singing with Nightingale singing as a musician goes along and, and, and plays next to him and improvises mm. along for about an hour. And we're doing that in the Queen Elizabeth Hall by broadcasting the Nightingale. So the Nightingale obviously can't react in that situation. But in the live, I thought, well, is the Nightingale really taking any notice of what the musician's doing? And yeah, I was quite cynical about it. Like? Well, um, it turns out I was being a cynic because I spoke to a neuroscientist about this. Because everyone speaks to a neuroscientist about everything of to do course. with obviously. Yeah. Bird song is a learnt behaviour. It's not something that birds do uh, innately. They they learn how to do it from their parents and the environment around them. Oh, so, yeah. for example, um, blackbirds or robins or, or even pigeons, actually, in towns, in urban settings, will have a different dialect to the same species of bird in a rural setting because they're reacting and mimicking and uh, to well, to the sounds around them. Mm. So you know, the, the, uh, a bird might adapt its song in an urban setting to to sort of go to a certain pitch, for example, to get above the kind of roar of urban life whereas in a rural setting that might be so much of an issue yeah but they might be dealing with much greater distances for example um so bird songs do react to what's going on around them um miranda krestovnikov who did an experiment with wren song where they slowed they recorded a wren singing they slowed a wren down to a pitch and a rhythm where miranda could mimic it yeah uh, and then she went back to where the wren was and they sang the wren song uh, at Miranda's pitch and the wren reacted and changed its song and a conversation ensued so it's you know birds are incredibly intelligent creatures anyway but they're, they're, it's all learned behaviour so it's all very reactive there is there is I would I go so far as to say there's definitely a language to it I think there probably is actually wow I didn't know they were so reactive they, they are they're remarkable creatures that's amazing and they fly as well not all birds fly, do they? The words, ones we're talking about do. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. So was, would you say that birdsong in nature was an easy concept to use for a orchestral music series? Yes. Uh, I think so many people are interested in it. So many composers have written music inspired by it. There is a real zeitgeist moment at the moment. People are very interested. And I think there's... A very strong conservation message as well because I think those of us who are worried about um, our environment mm. um, and climate change and things like that that's quite often it's quite an intangible concept to get across to a lot of people you mm. know climate is changing well, we just had that weird spell of warm weather and most people are going so a lot of people wandering around going quite like this climate change stuff mm. and you're thinking no it's it's bad it's really bad but actually turn around to people and say, we used to have 90,000 nightingales in this country, now we've got less than 5,000. That's a really clear, tangible way of saying there are changes in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, the, the causes, some people would disagree that it's man-made. I, I wouldn't personally, I think it definitely is. But that's a really tangible way of saying we now have many fewer birds, it's both in terms of overall population, in terms of species, and in terms of available habitat for birds in this country. Mm. And that is a cultural travesty, never mind a, a, a conservation travesty, because birds have informed so much of our own folklore and so much of our own music and art and culture over the years, mm. um, that to lose that number and that many species in 
less than a century is 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 appalling. You know, whatever your opinion on climate change, um, you know, wherever you stand on that, this is definitely happening. We have lost thousands and thousands, tens and hundreds of thousands of birds and the habitats they live in, and that's that. We can all agree that's like plastics in the ocean. We yeah. can all agree that is very bad. So these concerts, we're making them unique, aren't we? We're making the concerts in Absolute Bird unique through a number of ways. Um, there are three very different formats. Um, we're playing with the space in each of the halls. There'll be musicians mm-hmm. dotted around the place. Uh, there'll be live broadcasts in, um, playing very different music right from early medieval music right up to the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the big thing, the thing I'm really excited about is is just as we do in the work we might do in a school or a hospital or a care home where we're inviting people in those environments to create music with us mm-hmm. we're inviting the audience to create the experience with us mm. so when you turn up on the 2nd of May for the 3rd of May when you turn up on the 3rd of May for don't turn of up May, on the 2nd of May don't no, turn don't up do on that. the 3rd of May yeah, never ask a chief exec for anything detailed <laughs> so when you turn up on the 3rd of May equivalent of the 4% of the outback one of the first things we're going to ask you to do is help us to create an Australian soundscape. So bringing the sounds of Australian birdsong into the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we could do that through a couple of speakers at the front, but actually that wouldn't give you the same effect. And actually using mobile technology, smartphones, tablets, things like that, mm-hmm. you can get that sense of geographic ge- geography and space and things coming from different areas mm-hmm. in a nice sort of dark environment so you really get a, a sense of some of the sounds that a lot of the composers um, like Tor and like Hollis Taylor um, and the, the music that, that's inspired Genevieve Lacey um, where that where that comes from mm-hmm. um, and then if uh, a couple of weeks later if you turn up to the cathedral um, we're going to ask people to be flocks of birds Flocks of birds? Flocks of birds. How so, are people going to be flocks of birds? Well, I'm glad you asked me that, uh, Natasha. Um, uh, the way we're doing that is Miranda Krostovnikov, who is presenting that concert and is also the president of the RSPB, mm-hmm. and a great TV presenter and uh, ornithologist and all sorts of other things, um, has created a kind of game. So we're going to send people downloads for their mobile phones in advance, and you'll be asked to be one of three or four flocking birds. And at the start of the concert, Miranda will explain the game and then basically go. And the idea is to, to play your, your little download of your mobile phone, which will be uh, one particular kind of flocking bird. Mm-hmm. And you have to listen to other people and work out who else is in your flock mm-hmm. and gather to them and other people will gather to them. We're going to throw a few robins into the mix just for a bit of anarchy because robins are the sort of territorial anarchists of the bird world. They're very individualistic. They, they're very territorial. They don't like being near other robins and even other birds. Oh, is that so? It is so. Is that why you so. see robins running away from each other? Uh, I'm, yes. I'm going to say yes to that. Okay. And I'm sure a listener will correct me, but let's say yes to <laughs> um, uh We'll ask our musicians to help as mm-hmm. well with a, an approximation of those bird calls on their instruments. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's how the concert starts. So once we go into all those different flocks, mm. um, there will be a way of reserving the cushion on the floor that you've, you've nabbed, obviously. Of uh, then the music comes out of that. So we're actually, we're, again, we're creating a, a soundscape and a, 
uh, a way of experiencing music that you wouldn't normally get. Mm. And it's all about communication, all about hearing those sounds and congregating together just as birds would. Um, yeah, it's, it, you've used the word communication. I'm going to use the word fun. I think communication... Fun. fun communication's a bit kind of... We're going to communicate in a certain way or you're going to participate in a certain way. It's about joining in and having fun, having a laugh and doing something a bit different and a bit bit unusual and, you know, not a sort of sitting rose and hear some music being played at you. We want you to join in. Yeah, we like to make our Southwark Cathedral concerts fun, don't we? Indeed. There are two different ticket types that we've cunningly called Free as a Bird yeah. and Bird Watcher. Um, and anyone is free to join in in the game because it we is. want everyone to join in if possible. But we are aware that even within those atmospheres, there are some people who, for whatever reason, do like a proper chair. Yeah. But everybody else, wander around, sit on a cushion, lie on a cushion, stare at the ceiling, Absolutely. do your own thing. What about 24th of May at the Queen Elizabeth Hall? There's a chance to learn. There is a chance to sit back and relax and have a kind of mixtape programme. And there's a chance to do some late night fun with Nightingales. Mm-hmm. So we've got Miranda Kristofnikov again talking about her experience with, with Wrens at the start of the evening. We've got Roderick Chadwick and Hugh Watkins. Roderick is a great music expert, particularly on the music of Messier. Mm-hmm. So he and Hugh Watkins, who's the pianist for the evening, are going to be talking about how the French composer Olivier Messiaen transcribed um, birdsong. We actually went out into the field and painstakingly wrote it down, mm-hmm. turned it to all sorts of pieces, but for this concert, piano music. Uh, and then we've got a programme conducted by the wonderful Sean Edwards, who is just a great friend of the orchestra and our musicians absolutely love her. She's so lovely. She's great. She's brilliant. Um, she's conducting a concert which ranges from music by the Italian composer Respighi and uh, a British composer Douglas and Vaughan Williams, which are very accessible, they're very lovely and tuneful. There's certainly some works like The Lark Ascending that people will definitely have recognised if mm. you know nothing about classical music. I guarantee when you, when you hear this piece of music, you'll say, ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of, it ends up on the classic event, top of the charts. Yeah, year, always. My favourite pieces of music, but it is wonderful. Um, there's also some music by the French composer Messiaen, mm-hmm. who is one of the 20th century's great sort of musical mystics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he saw birds very much as uh, a sort of divine song. He thought that God was speaking through the birds. Um, and no religious experience or knowledge is necessary. It's just lovely music. Wow. And that's, how, that's why Messiaen was so involved with it. Um, we've also got John Luther Adams, who actually, as well as being a composer, is one of the world's great conservationists. So we are doing some movements from his songbird songs, mm-hmm. um, which are for two piccolos, two flutes, some very small flutes, mm-hmm. high-pitched flutes, and two percussionists, which kind of give an impression of various bird songs. Yeah. John Luther Adams is a fascinating character. He, uh, he moved to Alaska and spent many years running conservation organisations in Alaska, as well as being a composer. And this mm. kind of moment has just come again. He's a wonderful composer. Um, and also um, Alice Zawadzki, who is a singer and a violinist. Uh, one of these people, I mean, I was about to say she's a folk singer, but she's also a jazz singer. She's also a classical musician. 
she's also a bit of everything so mm-hmm. I mean she, she really does everything and she's singing two songs kind of moving around the audience with and without the audience and one song with the orchestra which will be a bit of a surprise on the night uh, and then later that night uh, you're invited to go back into the Queen Elizabeth Hall um, and we will broadcast a Nightingale live from an undisclosed location, probably somewhere in Essex. Yes, not even the printed programme will know where it's coming from. No, no, exactly. So that will come in live and Alice with Sam Lee and uh, a couple of our musicians will tell some stories about the Nightingales, um, tell some stories about folklore around Nightingales mm-hmm. and they will sing and play along with the mm-hmm. Nightingale. Uh, and improvise along uh, and it's a, an amazing thing I've seen it live as I say mm-hmm. in, a, in a forest in Kent um, which was stunning if rather cold mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I've also seen it um, uh, they, one of their pilots they did in London a couple of years ago when they broadcast live in um, and it's it's an amazing thing and you just it, you just feel like you're kind of just in this big bath of mm. natural sounds it's really wonderful really meditative I'm really looking forward to that just whole three-part event. A festival within an evening, Natasha. And just like a festival, one ticket gets you the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, but the QEH bar won't charge you eight quid for a pint of lager, like with some festivals. Exactly. Um, We've spoken a bit about the artists in the 24th of May. Yeah. About Sean Edwards, Alice Sawadzki and Stanley, of course. What about in the 3rd of May? We've got Jessica Cottis coming back. We have Jessica Cottis. Uh, and no offence to Jessica, but the person I'm most excited about in that concert is Genevieve Lacey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Genevieve Lacey is uh, an Australian recorder player, because everyone needs an Australian recorder player in their life, right? Um, but much more than that, she is a great champion of new music, she is a programmer, she's a producer, she's a curator, she's just, she's wonderful. I've known Genevieve for three or four years now, mm-hmm. uh, and I've always wanted to get her to do something with the orchestra, and this, this was a kind of gift, because she's already commissioned so much music around this theme, the, the, uh, the, the piece by Tor, the Estonian composer, mm. which is based on um, the whistles and sounds around Aluru. Amazing um, piece. The, the sort of you know the great sort of spiritual rock right in the centre of Australia, mm. and the Hollis Taylor has actually been done in Australia already. Um, the new Absolute Bird piece she's written, but it's the first time it's been done in the UK. Um, and I think Hollis is well, she's she's an amazing composer and also a, a, an ornithologist herself. Uh, and someone that, that we need to hear more of in this country. Mm. Um, but yes, you're right, um, we, we're also joined by Jessica Cottis in, in that programme, uh, and it's wonderful to have her back with, with the orchestra. Um, people keep talking about Jessica like she's the rising star of the conducting world. Actually, I think she's very firmly established as, as one of the most exciting conductors around there. Mm. So it's great, and she's done quite a few things with the orchestra, actually. Weirdly, though, um, uh, she and Genevieve have, n- have known of each other for years and years and mm-hmm. years. And, you know, they're about the same as they're both from Australia. They're kind of concentric circles that never quite meet until yeah. this concert. So it'll be the first time they've worked together, which will be a lot of fun as well. Oh, wow. It was just International Women's Day as well. And uh, we seem to be celebrating a lot of female artists in our Absolute Bird series. Yes, we do. But we're working with these people because they're brilliant. Yep. Not because they are anything else. They're, mm-hmm. you know, Genevieve, Jessica, Sean, Alice, Alex, our own Alexandra Wood, 
uh, Hollis Taylor as well were working with them because they are brilliant musicians and brilliant composers and conductors and violinists and recorder players Mm -hmm. and just generally brilliant people and brilliant women. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get your tickets soon, folks. Yeah, see you there. Absolute Bird is on at Southbank Centre's Queen Elizabeth Hall on Friday 3rd and 24th of May and at Southwark Cathedral on Wednesday 15th of May. You can find out more and book tickets at cls.co.uk. Thanks for listening.